My name is Adam Martin. I am the founder of FI Project. I'm a five-time felon and I know what it feels like to be released from jail or a treatment center or a detox or a homeless shelter into nothing. And so the idea was like, could we do a better job by providing services in an F5 fa fashion, which was the function key on a keyboard, which was like refresh. So like every time we met someone, what would it look like if we treated them like none of that existed? So F5 Project is a nonprofit organization. We help people who have uh, addiction issues, homelessness, mental health, and ultimately try and give them a chance to change. I had seen some trends happening with peer support where people with like real lived experience, they were going back to where they came from and they were helping people out of those situations. There's no better way to get over the stuff that happened to you in your past than to go and help people who are currently experiencing it. Welcome, welcome everybody. This is F5 Recovery Radio here on KRFF 95.9 LPFM. Super happy that you're with us. Another fantastic Wednesday. Uh, we're just really excited. I'm here joining my co-hosts, Adam Martin and Kirsten Hoovenen. Uh, yeah, so we're just uh, really happy and thankful that we're able to do this. And shout out to Radio Free for allowing us to be able to share our stories and topics and really just have some shenanigans on the radio. It's kind of nice. Kirsten, yesterday, Valentine's Day, how was it? How'd Matt do? Um, well, he did, I think, after 25 years when I say, let's not get each other anything. That's what I actually mean. Let's really not do that. But um, it's my brother's birthday yesterday, so... Matt and I drove to Alexandria, okay. like turn and burn. We went there, came back, and um, put inappropriate things in my brother's lawn for his <laughs> birthday. So, just so you know, he feels special. Exactly. But my son just recently started dating someone, Ooh. and he's like, she said not to do anything. We're like, that... You need to do something. <laughs> you haven't been together long enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was nice. And then we had like a dinner, uh, a lunch with the boys. And. Um, Ricky, I'm not going to. That's fine. Nothing special. Yeah. We can okay. scooch in. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What do you do? You just had a baby. Yeah. So we just kept it real chill. Uh, stayed inside. Got some. Um, I think Cashwise had this like heart like box meal type thing. So it had like two pieces of salmon and some asparagus and you can just, uh, you know, just throw it in the oven and kind of do that. So it's kind of nice just to that. And so you, you cooked. Know. Yep. Mm -hmm. So just made it really simple and easy. And then King was fussing the whole time. And so it was just like, I don't care. I'm just going to eat the salmon. Like he can wait the two minutes. I scarfed it and then took care of him and then went back and actually like enjoyed our dessert and all that other stuff. So it was nice. That's the rest of your life now. Yeah. I'm and you'll be more patient. Well, thank you. Yeah. For I just coffee. want the world to know I brought Kirsten coffee. Ricky Aww. did not bring anything. Nope. <coughs> I brought myself. She's like, she's the the radio mom. <laughs> I was going to say radio wife, but there's too many people listening. <laughs> Take that way out of context. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one's like, I know. We couldn't figure out how to like tighten janky. it. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Oh. Oh, okay. It's just like a date. Oh, yeah. just dangling. <laughs> microphone oh. dangling in your face. <laughs> yeah. This is what I feel. <laughs> so, what's, dude, we yeah. got a ton of snow today. Yeah. I I was, when I was looking last night, I looked out the window <laughs> and like my window kept like 
getting smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> so like they're two windows side by side. So like when I walked out, it looked like two eyes looking at me. And I was like, well, that's it's probably just because it's windy. Yeah. And then I went outside to the driveway and there was drifts like yeah. up to my probably beyond my knees. But thank goodness it was soft, like soft snow, like cold, soft snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have sucked trying to wet snow, trying to plow that out. Yeah. <coughs> So. I was happy that Matt didn't have to do much to shovel because he does that. I wasn't going to do it. You know, I was at the <laughs> office the other day. I guarantee you, when I get over there, <laughs> I'm going to have to shovel. Mm-hmm. And and the, so we have two offices. We have the Ridge and we have F5. Mm-hmm. And both of them, every time I get there, never shoveled. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm. you know what? This will be my service work for the day. You know, make sure that nobody gets hurt on their way in to see our people. And then, you know, and then, but it's, it never fails. I always have this expectation. It's going to be done (laughs) when I get there and it's never done. Well, that is relationships kind of, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Oh, that's why I brought it up. Because I asked the girls that work, you know, at F5 in Mm -hmm. the Ridge, I was like, I was like, you know, we're talking about shoveling. And I was like, yeah, I got to get out there early and shovel. And, you know, sometimes, you know, Christy helps and, you know, or whatever. And then they're like, Christy shovels? And I was like, yeah, don't you guys? And they're like, no, I've never shoveled in my life. I was like, are oh you serious? <laughs> what? How do you live in North Dakota and never have shoveled in your life? Uh-huh. That's crazy. Yeah. That's privilege. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good exercise. And yeah. I mean, I really think that it's just going to melt in the spring anyway. So, I mean, shoveling a lot is probably not necessary. But right. <clears throat> yeah. that doesn't feel the same. Yeah, that's true. I th- so that's the thing. That's, the person- that's a big guy. Yeah. He can, his mustache shovels. <laughs> his Food mustache reminds me of Chuck Norris because he'll, I bet he could just walk outside in the snow and just melt. So, <laughs> just cowering just in fear. Cowering. Oh, I'm watering. Dilworth has no idea what it was in for when <laughs> the Hoovers moved there. Oh, boy. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's an awesome transition because today's topic Big we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Big men in recovery. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about family and, relation- and relationships. If you're uh, not on the radio, you can just see Adam flexing. Like we had, Flex. I don't know if we can bring guns in KRFF, but Shit. he brought I'm, him today. Whoa, I'm a felon, bro. Oh, that's on radio. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm in his arms. Oh, I'm sorry. I realized I said if that. If the attorney general is listening, <laughs> I do not have any firearms on me, uh. nor will I ever. I give you my word. The, yeah. We're just talking about these guns. <laughs> if you're listening, we're talking about my arms. Yes. Yep. Take us to the gun show. What do they call it? Swole? I'm a swole. Yeah. He's like, he said arms and firearms, and then he's going to jail. <laughs> Can't even talk about him. Yep, everybody listening. Yeah. So wanted to kind of just kick it off and just talk about, like, what are your, what are some of your, uh, like, personal relationships that you have now, thanks to recovery? Kind of just start off really easy. And, oh. Yeah. Well, Kirsten's one of my personal friendships that I've gained in recovery. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's like 20. Well, I've known Kirsten since like 2001, 2002. Okay. And she was, she had been sober for well, how long? Three years, so- I suppose. Three years? 97. That's so weird to think. <laughs> I know. Like, because when I came in, I was like, I was like 20, I was like 20 years old. Okay. Right. So I'm 41 now, but I, and I'm only been sober for 10 years or coming up on 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so for that first 10 years or 12, 13 years or something like that. Yeah. I just, I did never really stayed. So- I mean, I stayed sober. I had a lot of friends in a- like AA and 
went to and did a lot of stuff or you know with them and you know but i'd never really stayed sober but kirsten was like there when i first got there and i remember i was sitting i was in the church i was at behind the bowler <laughs> in the church oh, yeah. and like it was just kind of weird because i'd been to aa before my dad mm-hmm. went you know to over in moorhead and I went there and they were just like a bunch of old dudes, <laughs> you know, and then like old women that like, and I was like the, I don't know if you've ever been, you've been to, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. like, there's always the ki- one kid. Yes. <laughs> there's always that one kid in the back of the room that's like, you know, he's going to be an AA in the future. <laughs> right. And I think everyone knew that one day Adam Martin was going to show up to a meeting because I was super hyper, <laughs> starving for attention. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I would just like disrupt meetings and stuff. And all the guys would just like look over at me and give me that dad look, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then the the moms would just like totally make me feel comfortable and like, mm-hmm. you know, pinch my cheeks and, <laughs> you know, give me kisses and hugs and stuff and tell me how good it was to see me. And Kirsten was always kind of like that kind of person with, mm-hmm. you know, people in AA. And so like I had, <laughs> I had like a super like recovery crush. <laughs> On Kirsten and, and Aaron, oh, yeah. right? Like, because they were like the only two like girls that were that does up stable. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're sober. Oh, p- brownie points. It's just you a know. numbers game. I think all the every guy and you know because we didn't really know any girls that were in recovery, so it was like it was like super cool, you mm-hmm. know. So, and then she's just always kind of been like like that, you know, rock, you know, uh, along the journey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't always like. You know, we didn't, like, hang out all the time, but right. she was always there, so it was, you know. And then her husband, Matt's, like, super best friend. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, one time when I was still, like, drinking, and I was, like, I was stealing and breaking into cars and stuff, you know, and I <laughs> I broke into this car, and I found this side, like, these shoes. Like, they were, like, Jordans or something like that, mm-hmm. or, or Nikes. And I was like, oh, those are nice. Yoink, took them. And went back to my house and then woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, my God, I have all this stolen stuff. I got to do something with it. And then I saw the shoes. I was like, oh, nice. So I put the shoes on and they were like size 15 or something. (laughs) And I was like, how am I going to do with these? And then just by chance later that day, I ran into Matt and I'm like, Matt, I bought these shoes that are way too big for me. You should have them. And they fit them perfect. I think he still has them. So. And then probably, I, to- I told probably. him like three years later, I was like, I stole those. He's like, I figured. Nobody <laughs> accidentally buys size 15. <laughs> you know. Or someone else. Yeah. yeah. You know, but the f- like I could tell him that, you know, and he was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, we're just a bunch of guys trying to stay sober. Right. You know, you were drinking, you know, if you were doing that when you were trying to be sober, that's different. You know, right. but. And that never really mattered. Never really mattered. Just the fact that you kept coming back was really awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you remember when they put us in charge of entertainment? And how much trouble we got in? You know, Holy you know smokes. the news update on Saturday Night yes. Live. Yep. Kirsten and I did that for an event. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Oh yeah. no! I mean, no, it was I mean, good. It was super oh, okay. hilarious. Yeah, it's well, got to be recorded. I'm, so I know many we sensitive have it somewhere. <laughs> but we were. I mean, this was back in you know uh, early 2000. Before okay. you know, I mean, you could say that about any generation. But like before, it got really important about how what words you use and what yeah. you can say on tv oh, it's sure. really similar to the news update now okay. on, in saturday night live yeah. without all the racism right. well there might have been some but <laughs> who knows i mean right. this was back it was it was to be joking you know mm-hmm. not hurtful but but yeah it was, i don't even remember i just remember we said some things about a couple people in the, our home group where they were just like 
you said that. Holy cow. Oh, no. Like, draw, and, but people were laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, What I did do. they expect? That was did the, they put us to in charge yeah, of that? Yeah, we're going to put Adam and Kirsten in charge of entertainment for a roundup. <laughs> this oh, I love roundups, Who too. are the most raw, funny, inappropriate people yeah. that they probably know and then expect no collateral damages? <laughs> I went. To, I was doing stand-up comedy. Oh, this is back in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, I'm using this as an opportunity, and we did it in front of like. That, yeah. I bet you there was like 300 people, and we recorded it, oh and gosh. then played it yeah. at this thing. And I was sat in the back room, just sweating. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god. If anybody has that, we have to watch Somebody's that again because that it. was. I have no regrets about that. I absolutely yeah. think that was a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the, just getting together to make it was. So fun, but oh man, I swear we I watched it on someone's something years later, so somebody's got to have it, yeah. So that'd be so great to see it again, yeah. Maybe I was not young, though, I was like, yeah, I was early 20s mm-hmm. trying to do like funny stuff on camera. <laughs> so. I was, I thought you were funny, so yeah, we were if both. You, were. If you have one fan, that's good enough, right? right. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, that's been a really long relationship in spite of all that happens in the middle it's just like this you don't even care like it's just you just don't even care we get time together now and that's great right yeah do you guys still have so this is like more of a not a planned question but i just thought of this right now so go with it do you guys still have people in your life now that were in your life before you got sober before you got clean oh just you know that that you still like like not just see him in passing and say what's up, but like actually like actively still in your life. Well, I'm from Fargo Moorhead, okay. so a lot of people that I went to high school with or mm-hmm. like you know used with later are still around, you know. But a good chunk of them are either in prison or dead. Uh, <laughs> You're yeah. friends with Adam. You get ten to fifty. Well, I had a girl <laughs> that showed up to um, to a thing yesterday, and she was pretty new to recovery, and she was like, she. <laughs> She was like, do you remember me? I was like, yeah, I remember you. And uh, she was like, it's so weird that the first time I ever used drugs was with you. And I'm like, and the place we were at, like, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, maybe you could talk, you know, like. And you're like, it was my first time, too. Yeah. <laughs> we did it together our yeah. first time, you know. And, and it, I mean, it was just weed. So it, was, it wasn't like, you know we were like 13 you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. smoking weed in a in a garage you know in north moorhead find a north moorhead garage where that hasn't happened you know like but it, it was just weird so i mean everyone's most of the people that i come in contact mm-hmm. with from my past are trying to like get sober yep. like if they're connected to me mm-hmm. today so there's you know that's but outside of that just family yeah yeah well for you Kristen. yeah i um well, we moved. We moved a lot growing okay. up, so there wasn't. Um, I didn't have any like friends that was super close. But when I lived in Jamestown, I had this group of girls that I absolutely, I still adore all of them, and yeah. we were called the Combat Boot Squad. <laughs> okay. And uh, we wore combat boots with sundresses or whatever, you know, very, very, um, you know, rebellious. Yep. Anyway, and uh, that's. Like, regrettably, that's kind of where my life, I, I disconnected from them okay. because they didn't, you know, they didn't have alcoholism or addiction. They didn't use like I did, okay. and they were, like, put together and yeah. whatever. But 
Um, so now, now every once in a while, like hit and miss, uh, I get to chat with them. Yeah. But there's no other than family, mm-hmm. really. Did you bring dro- dog treats? No, oh, those are right here. Oh, they're here. Mm-hmm. We can bring our dogs. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Bring Odin. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I don't know if he'd like you. <laughs> he's kind of like he's that like crappy so dog on, on Family Guy. He's like, he's just, like lays around and then he sees a black guy and just goes nuts. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you? So mm-hmm. embarrassing, bro. <laughs> God, that's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, sometimes, like every once in a while, like there's been a single handful of times that he's been like chill in the office. Yeah, he's okay with me. He but most if of the time. Get, that is unreal. It with is nobody super. else, is it just Ricky? Oh or? no, 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 no. It's it's. Criminals. Like. <laughs> 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 no, if somebody comes in wearing like their their hood or something yeah. like that, or if they just storm in, you mm-hmm. know, like it's he's just really timid all the time. Yeah, so right. it's, you know. But if he or like when I bring him to the office, I brought him to the office the other night, and he was and he went into Scott's office, and he did not bark at Scott, but he was just shaking the whole time. Mm. You know, so it's he's just gonna be home dog. Yep. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with it. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, family is at home or whatever. He just aggressively barks at whatever comes to the door. That's better than a shotgun. Yeah. You know, like, it's the sound. It's like the, you're not scared. Like, you hear the shotgun, then you're mm-hmm. more scared. Right. It's like the dog. Like, you know there's a dog in there, but then you hear him. You're like, that's a big dog. Yeah. So, he's just. I have mad answer the door. The he's a big dog, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That mustache, man. Yeah. What about you? Do you have people from before? Yeah. Before you yeah, made his, the paper? His bookies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, like a lot of the, I was trying to think, I was like, yeah, a lot of those. Huh. Um, I think, but it, there's a couple that have like kind of recently come, not recently, but probably within the last year, who I haven't seen in a very, very long time, but just knew, you know, for one reason or another, just kind of like just either disconnected themselves or maybe I disconnected out. I, I don't know whatever the reason was but that have like come back around and we got like reconnect through facebook or <clears throat> they found me on like linkedin or something else like something social and then i saw them out and then it was like hey and it was kind of like that hey you know like where they're yeah. like trying to like how do i as as the person who didn't go through this how do i navigate that with you without taking offense because i want to know i'm curious yeah. or nosy really but how do i like do that with you and then it's like yeah no life's like really great and so then it's like been this like really cool hey this is what my last five years have been like give or take and this is what i'm going through you know i got married or i was married at the time but like i have a kid now like just all these different things that have been like really positive that aren't covered because i've you know i don't know just various reasons i haven't just posted you and jelsa aren't married we are oh yeah but like a lot of people just assume we got divorced and then one guy was oh. like, hey, man, I thought you moved back to California. I was like, why would you think that? He was like, well, because you are you were in the paper all the time. I was like, so you thought I ran? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did you get out of jail? I love like, hearing people's perspective of what yeah. they thought. Ha- Last night, one of the I girls was like, was like was, uh, she was like, yeah, I heard F5 uh, stopped doing women's housing a while back. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and they are like, yeah, it's kind of weird why you stopped it. I was like, oh. Yeah. And they are like, yeah, because girls are too much drama is why you stopped it. I was like, hmm. Oh I gosh. love them telling yeah. us. Yeah, what? I was like, I was like, Who you know, I'm you Adam, right? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, we didn't have any females working here, right. or whatever, uh, you know. And she's like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, way more sense. <laughs> right. I was like, to be honest with you, like when I talk to female sober living 
mm-hmm. owners or whatever they're like they're like we want men's houses like because because the females are a lot of drama a lot of work and i'm like you know listen i i'm okay with women's housing because yeah. they like women normally from what i've seen don't really get along with other women but they get along with guys. So if a guy has character and integrity mm-hmm. or whatever, he could actually probably officially run a women's house. Because they were like, showed up to all the meetings, they listened, they, you know, whatever. It was when I wasn't around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. They just, yeah. You know, one time I was mm-hmm. just like, I was like, all right, bed checks or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we're all there. You don't have to show up. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have a good night, guys. And then I went. Yeah. Nobody was home. Yeah. And I was like, all right, just checking in. Everybody good? Everybody tucked in? And they're like, yeah, we're all home. And I was like, took a picture of the, the house. I was like, are you? Because like, I'm here. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I love that. I think mm-hmm. women in recovery is definitely a passion of mine. They're so, um, I don't know. There's just so much. Like, you don't, I didn't know how to have relationships until I was sober for a while. Mm. And it wasn't like. I was going to fix anything in my life till I got sober. But um, women were like, I would always say, I get along better with guys than I do with women. Like but, prior to recovery too? Yeah, and okay. in recovery. Always, yeah. And okay. it's um, because guys, you guys are easy, you know? Like mm-hmm. I can get the compliment I need. I can get the shoveling done. I can get, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like Facebook. <laughs> like you, yeah. Like when you quit your job and you're like, yeah, I quit my job. They're like, yeah, screw those guys. But, you know, you right. quit your job because you're about to get fired because you weren't showing up. You right. know what I mean? That's how just that's like the... how guys are with girls. They're just like, oh, I'm just not feeling well today. Can I get you something? I brought you some coffee, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but uh, truthfully, the longer you're around, the more um, you learn how to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. With women and with men, you know what I mean? Mm. Where there's no strings attached or no expectations or no just like, I just hate you because you're a girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, the women always into recovery, the women say, the women saved me. Yeah. You know, the guys got me to come here. when there's drama, <laughs> it usually is resolved pretty quickly. Yeah. It's from what I've seen. So, oh. well, you got to read something? Yeah. What Wanna do you got to read here? Read that tap. Commercial break. All right, commercial break for 95.9 Radio Free Fargo. This is Flatland Guitar. Pro- Just read all this? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Suck at commercials. <laughs> Programming at KRFF, LPFM, Radio Free Fargo. I just said that. 95.9 FM is being underwritten by Flatland Guitar and Luthrie. Luthery? Luthery. Luthery. Flatline Guitar is your full-service guitar shop and your executive dealer for Yamaha, Taylor, Paul Reed Smith Guitars, and other brands. They sell guitars on consignment. They take trade-ins. Have full-service on-site repair center. <laughs> check, check out Flatline Guitar and Luthery. Is that what it was? Yeah. On Facebook. Or visit them in person at 1450, 1450 25th Street South in Fargo. Their hours are Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturdays, 10 to 5, and close on Sundays for guys like Ricky. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I nailed it. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, if you're just tuning in, this is uh, F5 Recovery Radio here on KRFF 95.9 LPFM. Uh, talking about relationships and family today, which is always really mm-hmm. cool to, to just really dive into. Uh, so next question. I want to kind of 
jump into oh any people commenting no. i don't know i was gonna check go ahead okay um so kind of the the next uh just kind of perspective wanted just to share about recovering relationships so we talked about obviously people who are still in our lives and what our relationships are like now that we are in recovery um, but just want to kind of just dive a little deeper and, and just share like what are some of the things what are some of the relationships that you haven't repaired even though you're in recovery because i know there's i know there's some obviously i have some in mind that i'm you know, you do your do your amends or make your amends, and they haven't either been accepted or, yeah, just a a couple people in mind um, specifically that I'm that I'm thinking of that just haven't been able to like repair that relationship, um, even though I've, I've you know been clean and and doing all the things. Um, so, what are if you can you know feel comfortable to share? Like, what are some of those? Rela- you don't have to obviously yeah, be specific, yeah, but sure. what are some of the relationships um, that you wish you could have or, or hope to still? This I was excited to do this today because, huh. like, um, I guess I'm considered an old timer, very vibrant, but okay. and um, and you know, like, you nobody's the, ever GA, said vibrant, <laughs> close, Vivacious that's what they meant, or whatever. <laughs> uh, She's an old timer, <laughs> and I've been in, you know, married for a long time, and all of this, but I think the relationships that maybe. Um, when I started making amends, I was doing it f- probably for the wrong reasons. I wanted to um, have them say, oh, that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it was no big deal or whatever. Okay. And um, that just wasn't going to happen. And I can't control anybody else but me. And so it's just like I I know that I've kept my side of the street clean. And the thing about an amends is that you can say sorry as many times as you want. And it means nothing because by the time... I got into recovery. Sorry meant nothing, you know. But it's the Unless living it's amends afterwards. a little afterwards. two-year-old girl that's saying it over, like, then I'm... Okay, yeah. I can't... She cannot mean it at all, and it's just a sorry. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you want a pony? I know. <laughs> yeah. Little boys, Kids I'm like, push mm. you to the brink. Yeah. And then they say, I love you, and I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I don't... I think there's a few out there that... I didn't get the, oh, you know, it's okay, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, and and that is fine with me. I, yeah. I truly believe in forgive everyone everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and like I've cleaned my side of the street, but all that's done now. And so yeah. I get to enjoy this day and the next day. And I'm done saying like i'm gonna be happy when i'm gonna be happy when i finish college i'm gonna be happy when i get Mm. married and trap a man i'm gonna be happy with you know what i mean it just never comes because it's that's not what it was about ever Mm. you know and it's just making time for the relationships in my life uh because that's all you can give people is time you know yeah i relationship and family is probably the out of all the you know things that you get in recovery has probably been the hardest one for me. I'm mm-hmm. not easy to live with. I'm not easy to, you know, um, <laughs> not easy to deal with. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, some, some people are like, Oh, he's like an amazing social entrepreneur. And actually, I mean, I'm just like super ADHD and creative. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, and creative because I'm bored, you know, okay. like I, I think I just think a lot and, you know, with that comes a a level of sensitivity and, you know, thinking, being in my head too much and stuff. So it's like, you know, I'm, I've learned more probably 
<laughs> on the job training being yeah. in a family then you know I had no idea I was four years sober before I like got in a committed relationship again you know four years yeah I oh, mean I was okay. you know well but hanging out with chicks and you know yeah. whatever like <laughs> women sorry mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you know like <laughs> go, you know I went on a couple dates sure. uh, you know but it wasn't like you know I wasn't like committed yeah. you know like I wasn't I just wasn't interested. I right. was like on the build, right? So it was just anything I added to my life just kind of just got in the way, right? And the mm-hmm. only things that I wanted to get in the way was like my sons right. and, you know, my recovery. Like right. that was it. And I just wasn't – I mean, if it would have made itself available, maybe. Sure. I just wasn't really looking. So, And then I find, I got in a relationship when I was like four years. And I'll tell you, man – I. I don't care how good your recovery is. Mm-hmm. Like it, you could be hand in hand with your Lord and Savior mm-hmm. himself and he is the beacon of your recovery yep. and you're doing amazing and you feel like you're walking on water, get in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like cuz you're taking I really I think better understand the whole for better or worse part now because it's like, <laughs> you know, or sickness and health or whatever. Like I'm not married, but like man, like you take you have a bunch of unresolved trauma and things that you haven't processed and your addiction and all that stuff. Right. And then you take all theirs, maybe they're addict or alcoholic or not. Mm -hmm. Right. They still have life that has happened to them, Mm. you know, and it's, and we're on our best behavior when we first meet each other. So you're just like, this guy is amazing. Right. Or this female is amazing because they're on their best behavior. You know, they're not doing the things that like, that are bad habits or the argument, you know, and so then you just think like, this is going to, this is it. This is, she's the one, you know, I've come to learn. It's like, think about all the, the, the things that you don't like. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that something that you can deal with or be okay with for the rest of your life? Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what a relationship is. It's like, take all the bad stuff from their side and take all the bad stuff from your side and then, like, are you okay with it and willing to, like, work on your own stuff mm-hmm. and let them work on their stuff if they want to or if they yeah. even recognize that it's a thing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, and so it's a struggle because there's times where it's just like, you know, I'm just not doing emotionally well that day mm-hmm. and I don't feel like talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it's hard to communicate that. Right. You know? Like, because I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I just know that I feel like crap. Right. And then, you know, then they get sensitive Mm -hmm. because they're just like, he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't love me or something. Right. (laughs) Like fill in the blank with whatever girls think about. Or, (laughs) you know, like if you walk into the house or whatever and then, you know, you just get the look (laughs) and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to go like like it's it's probably I've learned is that like, you know, take you know they're they're like i said their worst habits your worst habits and it's like like can you be graceful and tolerant enough and like even when you do screw up and yell or say things that you don't mean or you just you know i was listening to bill burr the other day on on like oh, you know yeah. i think yeah. i maybe sent it to you but mm-hmm. like like how women fight right <laughs> and so like if they if you're in an argument with your lady and she's all over the place right she knows she's wrong, whatever it is, right? Oh. So she's like, she's picking at like, things, like you're just like your father, you know, or whatever, like, and it has nothing to do with your dad, you know. But if she's on point 
and not swaying away from whatever that point is. You've lost. <laughs> like you just just take take the loss, take yep, the take, take the, the L, L mm-hmm. right? And just you're right. You're you know you're 100. Like I, what can I do if you know? And and if they're going all <laughs> over the place, take the W, but just <laughs> surrender. You know what right. I mean? Because they're not going to, like, they probably won't stop. Yeah, and you so, don't need to say all that. Like, I'm just going to take <laughs> yeah. the W. I'm going to take the W. Yeah. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> no, you don't say own. anything. But, like, usually yeah. for, for me in the past and what I still struggle with in, rela- like, a relationship is that, like, it becomes more about, like, what my sponsor tells it. Like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Right? Hmm. And... I can't think of anything in the last 10 years of any relationship that I've ever been in or or 20 years of something that we fought about that I can even remember what it was about. Right. And so it's usually the heat of the moment with a bunch of other stuff that's, you know, when I get excited because of stuff that's going on in my life and I go home and my family is not as excited as I am, mm-hmm. it creates a little bit of kind of a toxicity. Yeah. Right. Or if I'm angry and I come home, like I need to have drive time before I come home from work. Yeah. You know, I got to prepare myself, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, like my sponsors, he was like, who's the most you know, important people in your life or whatever? I'm like, oh, my family. Yeah, that's the easy answer. But if you look at the way I treat my clients and my customers and how I'm always yeah. there for them and I'm yeah. traveling, it looks like, you know. Right. But here's, here's the secret. If there's ladies listening, here's the secret. I don't like them better, mm-hmm. right? I know what to do. You know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. I'm working with clients and I'm wor- like, it's, I'm not freaking out or I'm not like getting angry because I know what the solution is or I know right. what they're trying to buy when I worked at Hype. Like it's easy for me to do that stuff because I'm not overwhelmed and, and insecure and, and whatever. But when I go home, I don't know how to fix that stuff. Right. Right. Well, communication. Well, I get angrier <laughs> when we're communicating. Yeah. So it's like, I don't and, know. That's my perspective. Well, yeah. I just want to mention, like, yeah. the whole, like, they tell men, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Leads us to think that you're always right <laughs> and you're just, like, oh yeah, I you know, being like, oh, yeah, that you're so smart, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's patronizing. Anyway. Well, just for context. Yeah, for Like, real. when they were telling me, like, do you want to be right or do you want happy? It was like, you're arguing to try and prove that you're right. And you're probably like, do you want to just be right? Like, do you just want to be right all the time, or do you want to be happy? Because, yeah. like, because nine ninety percent of the time, I was not right. For, um, yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, for real, yeah. And I was trying to make you think I was <laughs> I was right because for some reason it was going to produce um, happiness. Right. But there's no like in a in a relationship that you're um, the. The thing about relationships is you're completely transparent, makes mm-hmm. for the healthiest, you know. But to say, like, I always think or I always tell my family, anytime somebody's voice raises in a discussion, mm-hmm. it is not, it is done being about understanding each other. Now it is about, I want to win, you know. So right. that's just like time where we gotta take a break. But I think that, like, in recovery for myself and my husband, probably the only thing we've done right consistently mm-hmm. is to put our recovery before each other, before mm-hmm. our kids. And when that doesn't happen, it just gets wonky, you know, okay. but, um, but this way I got to, I married my best friend. I get to hang out with my best friend all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that we're both over the years, of course, 
um, you learn to take less and less personal because uh, <clears throat> really nothing is about me and I should uh, I try and not take anything personal <clears throat> I always give the example if I came home and Matt was with like double D Debbie um, that has nothing to do with me really it's mm-hmm. about him and his baggage and all of that stuff that does not mean I will not burn all of his crap <laughs> in the front yeah. yard and then wait for the cops but you know in hindsight, you could see, like, that wasn't my thing to do. But he has never done that. And, yeah. and uh, uh, I think that we're both willing to hear constructive criticism, even if it's not constructive. Even mm-hmm. when, like, like yesterday we went to a basketball game for our middle son, and my husband gets involved. You know what I mean? And I'm just more, like... <laughs> let's just be good examples we don't need to be yelling at refs and stuff yeah, like that sideline coaching and uh, and so that was like i'm just gonna do it the way i do it and i'm like <laughs> yeah. okay well okay I'll you know what i mean here. i just yeah <clears throat> but and the other thing that actually matt taught me um was with our kids like i always tried to be in control of the relationship they had, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I think one day Matt just said, I will have my own relationship with our kids. You know what I mean? You have your own. Pretty much stay out of mine, and which is what I needed to hear. I yep. do not need to coddle them or have their relationship be something I think it should be. Yep. It just is going to be, you know. Hmm. And now that you have a son, that's... Yeah, that's meaningful. Yeah. I need to. I need to. That. It's hard after yeah. you have kids because you're like, yeah. I know I'm not the person that you married. I look different. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, like everything is different, and so, but for you guys, it's not. So it's hard to be like, okay, am I still attractive? Mm-hmm. Do you still? Am I too tired? You know what I mean, and all yeah. of that stuff, and then you just get sensitive. I mean, it can be a whole snowball thing, but yeah. I think the transparency, mm-hmm. just to be able to say. Even just to say, like, I am crabby, and I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And then just to, you know, respect your significant other's space. But that's, that's why 20 I grew years a beard, of... by the way. Why? So I could stay attractive. Oh, yeah. you'd always be attractive. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he cut his beard, and it was... I did it one time. Yeah. I, did you see that video where I cut my beard, and it was baby's first time <laughs> seeing me without a beard? Yep. She... That was everyone's reaction. Uh, yeah, what did she, she do? She... So I, wa- I, co- I covered my face, and I walked in. I was like, baby, and she had come running up, and then I, like, looked up, and then she's like... And then she just like walked away. <laughs> I, and she was like, "You sound like Daddy. <laughs> you I completely don't look like him." <laughs> yeah. So oh, she was kind of, she she teared up. Yeah. yeah, I think that she probably would now too because she's super used to it now. She's mm-hmm. only gone, and she probably doesn't even remember that. So right. now it's like, now it's just like Dad's face, right? You know, That's I can do the trick again. Yeah, because you forget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see how she does. So if you're just tuning in, this is KRFF 95.9 LPFM. Uh, this is F5 Recovery Radio. Uh, this is One Pretty Ricky. I'm joined by co-host Kirsten Hoovenen and Adam Martin. We're talking about family and relationships. And for this last kind of segment and things, just wanted to, uh, Kirsten kind of just talked about it. And so I just want to dive into a little deeper even more. Um, talking about just in our in our family and our relationships, and, and she mentioned a really good point of putting your recovery in front of or before, you know, your family and before a lot of those relationships. 
Um, some people who might be tuning in, you know, we never know who, um, where people's struggles are, or where they might be. But I always try to like make sure we have something that we can. We always give them some things to, to think about, but just something to kind of help them mm-hmm. on their journey as they, you know, after we get off. So what does that look like or what's some suggestions that you both can share because you've been in this so long or been, been in recovery so long? What does that look like? What is your what does that look like putting your recovery before your family? How, do, how can you help other people do that? Oh, sure. Um, is that doing anything? I just pressed a bunch of buttons. There are buttons oh, here. Did you hear that? You can't not touch them. Did you hear the fart? No. That was what that is, a dump, oh. right? <laughs> I heard a fart, unless you farted. No. <laughs> <laughs> or just like a cough. Like, uh, so if you say something I weird, I can we just put the cough board? on. I don't know what it's doing. All right, back to what anyway, we were doing. Anyway, sorry, yeah. ADHD. <laughs> this uh, is why I struggle. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. well, I'm, my husband's similar, so. Yeah, I love your husband. Um, <laughs> I think that, like, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything i didn't get sober and then they said you know wait a year all of those suggestions i waited 10 minutes and i found (laughs) another uh hostage that could make me feel better because i didn't have the chemicals anymore to make me feel good so you just start searching for the next shiny thing the next distract distraction that makes me feel enough you know yeah and i truthfully have watched a lot of people walk through recovery I think whatever your reason is for coming back to another meeting, it, that's good enough. You know what I mean? Because yep. truthfully, the reason I went to meetings for the first year or whatever was because I was dating this guy. <clears throat> um, and it was my husband's roommate. Mm-hmm. But then in doing that, and it all works out, right? Because now then I got Matt and I were, um, uh, we hung out a lot and we just became really close friends which ended up working in our favor because we were so bad at relationships. Mm-hmm. And I had, um, I always thought it was the dudes, you know. And once you get into recovery and you get a sponsor, and then when Matt, in a very awkward way, asked me out, um, <laughs> my first thought was just like, I need to talk to my sponsor because I really do like mm-hmm. you and I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that, we don't have to hash out together because we have a sponsor. Okay. There's a lot of things I understand differently. It's just like you can see someone's relationship so clearly and then mm-hmm. yours is so muddled in your brain for some reason. Yeah. But to put recovery first, is it just looks like, um, like when we were dating, if there was a girl's night and I'm like, oh, but my boyfriend wants to hang out. You know, go to the girls' night. Be Mm -hmm. active in that. Stick with your meetings. He is not your new sponsor. You don't get to, you know what I mean? That just doesn't work like that. Although initially it might feel like that. but um, And I learned a lot of things in putting recovery first that, like, maybe if I'm just nice to him, Mm -hmm. then things go smoother. I mean, simple things like, why didn't I think of that? Or if I quit complaining about my husband... And be his biggest fan, because I really am, but you just get caught up in the details, and then you have <coughs> careers and kids, and um, and you have to remember to date each other. And having that accountability with a sponsor in meetings is that reminder to be mm-hmm. like, all right, all right, I did that wrong, or whatever, and being willing to learn and apologize. Yeah. And, and Matt's great about that. He... He will, 
hear me out and mm-hmm. say, fair enough, I'll change that, or you're crazy. You change what you need to change, you know? Anyway, yeah. it's cute, whatever I think he does. there's a couple, <laughs> you know, when we talk about putting, you know, your rec- at least from my interpretation or what the guys that I have sponsored or even done peer support for is like, like it mean like it can mean different in different recovery walks mm-hmm. or whatever. So like for some it's like, you know, if you commit to doing something in your recovery or whatever, you make sure you do it. You do what you say you're gonna do and so like if you're committed to go take a guy to a meeting or whatever and then you happen to for you know, double that commitment, mm-hmm. you know, and you're supposed to do something with your family, right? Some people think like, you know, you should you go to the meeting, right? And mm-hmm. back in the old school days, yeah. like that's what it was. <laughs> like you did not skip anything if you were asked to do something in an AA, like almost to the point where it was like if you had a different commitment before this one you know like oh, okay. you still do recovery but now okay. like you know as we've grown and kind of evolved as like a you know a nationwide organization and subcultures have started like it's really like you know practicing the principles that yeah. we've learned there mm-hmm. right putting my recovery first or whatever you know, early recovery, it's like putting it first is like, you know, I need to go to these many meetings and I got to, you know, stick to that, you know, be transparent with my sponsor, be current, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, it didn't really, you probably, there wasn't a lot of things you needed to put it in front of, but here's the, here's the secret sauce. The things that I put my recovery in front of, I still have today, right? Mm-hmm. I, I still have my family. I still got, I got a great job, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I I prioritize my recovery in front of the things that I put in front of my recovery, I don't have today. I lost it. I ruined it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't put the principles in, around it. Right. Whether mm-hmm. it was friendships or relationships or, you know, money. Right. Like whatever the case was. Right. And that and so I struggle with it a little bit with that five or whatever, because it's like, you know, I'm the CEO. So it's mm-hmm. like I it you know, I have to be completely sold out for it you know like if i'm not then who else how do you lead by example if you're right. not leading by example you know so it, but at the same time you know and i've learned like you know it's, to being a man in recovery or whatever there's things that i can and can't do or whatever i can't sponsor 15 guys like i'm just not good at it right like i'm not good i'm not really that good at sponsorship but i'm really good at like you know per getting and providing opportunities to like start meetings or help with conferences or, you know, pick up chairs or whatever, like labor kind of, you know, stuff, mm-hmm. but like emotional connection, you know, <laughs> like one-on-one conversations, I really struggle with it. Cause I'm thinking about like 15 other things that I could do to fix this. Right. I'm a fixer mm-hmm. and you know, sponsorship is not fixer mm-hmm. stuff. It's helpful, you know, right. stuff. So I'm learning, you know, on it or whatever, with especially, you know, if you're a loved one and you have someone who's getting into recovery and you're like, man, they were gone all the time when they were going to the bar and yeah. like the trap house and now they're gone all the time going to, you know, recovery meetings or whatever. Like, what's the difference? At least I got to see them more when they were using, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, it's not here. Here's two things. One, it's not always going to be this way. Right. Eventually, they will grow out of like going to it all the time and they'll start participating in life more. Uh, and two, as much as it probably feels like it's the same, it's not. It's just, it's not, you don't have to worry about them going to, uh, like a AA or an NA meeting when they're actually in recovery and dying. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, or, you know, disappearing for three weeks at a time Mm -hmm. or, you know, them not participating in their kid's life. Like they're learning how to live life. Right. Right. And right now the recovery circle for them is their incubator. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're it's like a mom being pregnant. They're in the belly right now, just kind of learning how to like getting strength in their legs by, you know, when people are holding the belly and you see the, you know, the the the, the soccer kicks or, you know what I mean? Like they're just learning. Yeah. And so just think of them as like a baby right now as they're mm-hmm. they're. I mean, I'm 10 years almost and I'm still a baby mm-hmm. in some aspects. Uh and and yeah encourage those connections yeah Yeah. encourage them and then ignore the 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 negative ones right like because it's i mean they've never lived life sober since they were a kid Mm -hmm. right and so with just that mindset a lot of the stuff that they see is still like a kid you know Mm -hmm. and that's why why you'll see them quick to anger and you know confused or indecisive or you know, like we talked about in relapse prevention last night, it's like when you're in early recovery, your whole life has been about like absolute rights and absolute wrongs, mm-hmm. right? Like if I go into a point where it's just so hard for you to make a decision on like which job to take because you feel like it's a right and wrong thing when it's just a left and right thing, right? you know? And so we get really legalistic about our thought process, which is a is trauma, it's a stress response, mm-hmm. right? Like you're in survival mode. You see a bear, you run, right? You don't have to think about it. Well, it's the same thing with like, I have a job opportunity. Like it's it's almost like you're viewing it as a bear because it's just like anytime I do something, I ruin it. Anytime I make yeah. a decision, mm-hmm. I live in this cycle, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like you'll hear guys say, well, the only time I'm sober is when I'm locked up right. because they don't have the choice. Mm-hmm. And then they start thinking, well, I can't, I don't have a choice anymore. You know, like I just, I'm always going to use. And so that's why it gets really hard to like commit to anything. And then know? they get sober and it's like they're overwhelmed, like overwhelmed with all the stuff I want to fix. Like now I have it together. I yeah. want to go fix it all and mm-hmm. say I'm sorry and whatever. Just hang on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you can't, none of this is going to get fixed overnight. But if you're not sober, it's never going to get fixed, you right. know? So like get the sober part solid mm-hmm. and then with a healthy recovery whatever that is you will work through all of the things mm-hmm. from your past if that's what you want to do you know what i mean but really it's like every small positive decision you make today builds an awesome future tomorrow mm-hmm. even though they seem tedious and annoying today because right. to be new in recovery you just there's n- no nice way to put it you're going to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. you're not going to want to do it and you're just going to be so just yeah. be uncomfortable you yeah. know but you were willing to be uncomfortable before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know when <laughs> they were handing out your outfit going in the back of the mm-hmm. courthouse you know what i mean so yeah and and you know probably the 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 greatest thing is when your your mindset shifts and you see that that it's all just been one journey, right? It's not a, it's not a cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people fall victim to the belief that they're living in this vicious cycle because they put too much pride in the idea of, 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 of like a sobriety date or that I used to be sober or I did it that one, you know. And so then they're like, I'm starting over 
on day one or whatever, you know. Bullet. Yeah, like yeah. there's some kind of thing that's going to happen for them that's going to stop this vicious cycle. But it's not a vicious cycle. It's a journey, right? right? The same recover. So like when I'm talking to people, and I know like there's a lot of people in recovery circles that don't agree with this. So, uh, but it's, I don't really care if they agree with me. <laughs> yeah. I have been in recovery for 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's how I view it. From the yeah. minute I made the dis- very first decision that I was going to try and be sober, my recovery journey started. Right. right? I'm not. I'm not making the argument that recover that relapse is a part of recovery. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the day that I made the decision that and I meant it, mm-hmm. that was the day that my recovery journey started. If there was relapses or uses that happened in there, it doesn't mean that I'm not in recovery right right even people with cancer fall into remission they've been in recovery since the day they start or not remission but it comes back right Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. uh or reappears you know even after they did all the 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 chemo the chemo Mm -hmm. and stuff like that does that mean that they weren't cancer free for a while right no it doesn't it means that that it came back and you have to you you, there's some things you need to deal with so then you start you're you're still on the journey i like that yeah and like when you're out when you're not in the meetings like don't shut people out Mm -hmm. like you don't have to go give them money but a phone call isn't you know what i mean doesn't hurt or and this and 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 for them and for families here's here's the thing that i see the most that they that they probably misunderstand struggling is growth right if so if someone says that they're struggling right a lot of times in recovery they think well see it's not working right but my argument is is that if you're struggling that means it is working because you weren't struggling before it's it's like when you're lifting weights right like that first couple times that you're lifting weights or like rocky balboa when he's running up the steps right couldn't make it up the first step you know all the way up without running out of breath Mm -hmm. right and his goal was one day that he wanted to be able to just sprint up it and not be tired. You know what I mean? And right. it took him a long time to do that. And so there was times he quit. There was times he didn't make it all the way. There was times where he did make it, but he was exhausted, you know? And so it's just one journey. You know, I mean, that's literally the epitome is like at one time a day he would go and do that. It's like one day at a time, right? It didn't work today. Mm-hmm. It didn't, what I wanted didn't work today, but it's not. It, you don't start over. Right. It's a journey. And it, when people can see it like that, then they don't get so depressed yeah. or filled with anxiety yep. about the fact that it's that they think, you know, they just start thinking that struggling means they're, they're failing. Right. Even if you fall flat on your face, you're yeah. still moving forward, mm-hmm. you know. So just, yeah, you don't lose that time. Right. There's so much knowledge in that. But, yeah, I think that... As a society, we're used to punishing people that go back to, like, if you started making bets, we'd be like, oh, well, now we can't talk to him because he's going to take all our money or whatever. I don't know. Do you play, like, Texas Hold'em on your phone that's, Mm -hmm. like, for free or anything? Nope. That's kind of like N.A. beer for us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's so many people that are like, what? Because they drink N.A. beer and they're just like, I'm in recovery. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah for you mm-hmm. yeah do what you do yeah, yeah. do you boo <laughs> <laughs> well with our last 90 seconds uh, do you guys want to share anything before we get out of here uh i'm gonna go shovel mm-hmm. so yeah. there's that <laughs> there's that <laughs> no i appreciate everybody tuning in we just did tiktok live for the first time so i exited out of the facebook one and 
and gave TikTok a chance. So uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to try and find a platform where we can go live on everywhere. And uh, and so I appreciate you tuning in on 95.9 uh, with me and Kirsten and Ricky or uh, Pretty Ricky. <laughs> we still need <laughs> DJ names. <laughs> so yeah. that's, a, that's all I got. You got anything? Kirsten, no. Enjoy okay. your week. Be kind. Awesome. Well, tune in next time. Same time, same place. We're going to be talking about helping versus enabling. This is One Pretty Ricky on F5 Recovery Radio right here on KRFF 95.9 LP FM.